I am so happy that you're able to join us for this extended interview. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more killer resources. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for this extended interview with Sarah where she's going to share with us the top common mistakes when you're first entering house sitting positions. Hi Sarah, how are you? Hello, I'm very well. How are you Debbie? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much Sarah for being here with us. Before we get to all of your tips and tricks, can you tell us about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, sure. So my name's Sarah, as you said, and I'm one half of the publishing team at travellivelearn.com and Travel Live Learn on YouTube. And my partner and I have been living an offbeat life for about 13 years now. Um, we're Aussies and we just love spending time around different parts of the world. So we've lived in the UK and done some digital nomad stints in Europe and uh, North America. And we have also done quite a bit of house sitting and actually run a pretty popular house sitting group on Facebook, which is also filled with plenty of other awesome people who are living very cool offbeat lives themselves. (laughs) I love that. And of course, Sarah is a house sitting um, connoisseur and she's going to give us a lot of different tips, right, Sarah, with some of the common mistakes you've probably seen a ton of times. Can you tell us the first one, Sarah, that you've seen that people often do? Yeah, sure, Debbie. So something we see a lot of in the group and in fact, we we potentially made this mistake a little bit ourselves, but quickly rectified it, is setting your expectations too high right in the beginning about where to get your first sits. Now, we've seen a lot of people who are brand new to house sitting jump into our, our Facebook group and sort of seek, you know, a central Paris flat house sitting a turtle straight up for, you know, three months. <laughs> So you're probably not going to get some sort of schwanky, awesome sit like that with no experience and jumping straight in. Now, that's not to say you won't be really lucky, but the best way to get started is to be realistic about where you can dip your toes into the house sitting uh, game. Now, our very best advice and the advice that many other uh, house sitting friends of ours have shared with us uh, for our for our YouTube channel and within the group is really start in your own backyard. Now, again, if you're looking to embark on your own offbeat life and you want to travel and you want to use house sitting to supplement some of those accommodation costs, start house sitting now. It can be advertising to your neighbors or around your town or city just to really start to build your experience and your reviews and also just to get a feel of what's right for you in terms of house sitting. So Cooper and I actually got into house sitting when we were living in London 
And we, we got into it actually because we really missed having a dog. So we thought, how can we, how can we get some dog love? And we found out about trusted house sitters. So we, we joined trusted house sitters, but what we did was on our weekends, we started house sitting around different parts of London, which was great because we got to see different neighborhoods. London's a huge city, but we also really got to start to build our experience house sitting, our experience liaising with homeowners and looking after different types of pets and importantly building those reviews and testimonials. So start start where you are and be realistic about where your first house sit will be and what it might be, but then you'll build a beautiful a beautiful experience from there. Yeah, I love that because you don't necessarily have to jump in and it's an international house sit or, you know, make your travels around that. Yeah. (laughs) That's, you know, those are hard to get if you're, if you're starting cold. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you talk about local house sitting first, because like you said, I'm sure with a lot of these um, companies, there's a lot of competition, especially if it's a really good sit, right? And you want to make sure you have um, valid reviews from other people to show these homeowners that you're, you can be trusted. Yes, exactly. Look, it is it is something that's getting quite competitive, especially if obviously if you're going for, you know, a luxury apartment in New York or London or Paris or something like that, there are going to be a lot of people going for that. But, you know, that's okay because you can build up to that. The really cool thing about this this industry or or this space is that so many people got pets during COVID, right? And even before that, so many people have pets. You know, pet care is one of the fastest growing industries in the world. And so there is going to be space for you wherever you are to start getting some experience, whether it's putting your hand up to, to walk dogs in your neighborhood or offer to, you know, drop, do drop-in visits for, for people. If you, you know, say you say you live in an apartment building, I bet you any money there's people with dogs there who can't be there all the time. You could advertise your services and say, hey, you know, I'll, I'll happily drop in for an hour and play with your little puppy uh, to keep <laughs> them to keep them company and and build your experience. There's so many cool things you can do, but again, you can you can build on that to expand upon your house sitting uh, career, if you will, um, as you're traveling around the world. Yeah, and it's that's one of the great things about it is that there's different options, and then there's always ways for you to keep building up what you're going to be doing. So. Now, what about your, do you have another tip for us, Sarah, in terms of other common mistakes? Yeah. So the second one is about managing expectations of homeowners. Now, this is something that's really important. So what I mean is as you get more experience house sitting, you will, it's almost like stakeholder management when you're working in a business, right? All homeowners Every homeowner that we've um, met, we're actually we're pretty much friends with all of them. They're all amazing. But of course, people are people, right? And people have different requirements for their pets. Some are really carefree and don't really mind what's what. Others are really, uh, you know, they want to stay in con- constant contact with you and um, they'll, they'll have sort of more requirements than, than you might estimate or guess at the beginning. And the other the other thing around this is to sometimes you can get really excited by someone saying, "Yes, come and house sit for me." But you might you might discover that you haven't been as discerning as you could be 
if you got really excited, you accepted a sit only to realize that it's a lot more work than had been, you know, laid out in the first place, or it wasn't quite right for you. So a good example might be, say you are traveling around Europe and the UK, right? And you don't have transport, but you've agreed to a sit that actually ends up being quite regional, quite difficult to get to. It's not on a public transport line. It can be stressful getting to and from these sits in the first place. It might be difficult for you to get groceries or internet if you're needing to work while you're there. And if you've said yes to, you know, five dogs, three cats and two horses, that might be a bit much for you. So be very discerning around, you know, the expectations of the sit. And and I, I'll put my hand up and say I've been, you know, I got really excited about the sits that some of the, the first sits we got, but some of them might not have been right for us. You know, it was too much work or not the right sit for our situation. So yeah, manage expectations of homeowners and be really discerning about what you actually say yes to, because there will be other sits. Don't feel like that's, you know, you're not going to get any other offers um, if you have to say no to something that doesn't quite fit with your needs. And do you have any like red flags that you always look at or like something that's too good to be true and making sure that you kind of look into that deeper? Because especially for somebody who's new, maybe they're just going to jump into something, especially if it's in like a location that they prefer. What have you seen about that? Oh, yeah, that's an excellent question. Look, it's a bit of a balance between it's, it's like anything. The more you do in terms of house sitting, the more you start to learn about what's right or not so for you. But there are definitely red flags that you can keep a lookout for. So we would suggest, you know, really opening the lines of communication with a homeowner. So always do a video chat. So say you're in touch with someone, whether you've applied on Trusted House Sitters or a platform like that, or you're on Facebook and you've connected with someone who needs a house sitter always do a video call. And in the first instance, it's that whole thing. Trust your gut. If something doesn't feel right in the conversation or you can't get a gauge on exactly where they live or they're a bit sort of airy-fairy with the dates and things, if it, if it doesn't, if something doesn't feel quite right and you're unable to plan around it, be, be very careful there. And you're better off to say no early on if you feel something's not right than bail at the last minute because, you know, if you've committed to a sit, we'd all, always advocate if you commit to a sit, you should try and see it through unless there's some sort of really dire emergency. So you, you're better off to say no early on. But yeah, it's it's really trust that feeling, but also ask questions about the pets you're looking after. So, you know, check to make sure they don't have any special medical requirements that you might feel uncomfortable managing, um, any, any special needs, how many pets are there, what are their routines, and also are, are there any expectations around things like home maintenance or anything strange that feels a bit out of the ordinary? Because what I'd say in terms of the free house sitting arrangement, 
house sitting for free is awesome. Uh, there's a lot of people who have moved it into turning this into a paid job and that's that's great too, but there's, there's still a place for free house sitting. But I always say it needs to be a reasonable exchange uh, because it is work. You're still working. You've got the responsibility of looking after someone's pets, their loved pets and their home. Um, so that is work. Um, you do get free accommodation, but it's still an exchange. It's still not just you sort of lounging around for free somewhere. And some homeowner owners don't necessarily see it like that. A lot do, a lot get that it's an exchange and that you are, you do have responsibility, but some people feel like they're just giving you free accommodation and it's not like that. Uh, so yeah, definitely be discerning, open the lines of communication up and have a good conversation or several conversations if you need to. Keep asking questions. Jump in a group with other Facebook or sorry, other house sitters, then ask them questions if you feel like something might be a bit off. And basically, if unsure, don't do it. Yeah, I love that. Always trust your instincts. Yes. If you feel like something doesn't feel right. Yes, um, exactly. And I know you touched up on this a little bit of, you know, the concept of free accommodations. And that's one of the other mistakes, right? The common mistakes that you've seen um, so far in, in this. Yes, yes. So the third thing we see popping up a lot in in our Facebook group and in, in uh, house sitting circles is the whole, uh, you know, obviously house sitting for the most part, you get to stay for some, somewhere for free, right? That's brilliant and it really saves a lot of money, but always have some backup funds for emergencies because, you know, like with anything, people's plans can change or fall through. And we've seen a lot of people, especially coming into the game, where they have organized back to back to back house sits so they don't have to pay for any any accommodation at all. And that's cool if you can if you can pull that off. But I'd say be careful of it because like I said, house sittings still work, especially if you're trying to remote work along the way, like many of us are, digital nomading. Um, so it is work and we would recommend if possible uh, in, uh, in some junctures, give yourself a few days off, you know, a few days where you've paid for an Airbnb or you stay at a hostel or with friends or just somewhere somewhere that you might have to pay for accommodation, but that's okay. You know, don't get hung up on that. And in fact, it's very risky to go into this with no backup or emergency funds because house sitters, sorry, homeowners can pull out at the last minute. We had an example where we were planning a house sit that was coming up in a few weeks' time. And the sadly, the little dog went to the Rainbow Bridge and they, they were very lovely and, and got in touch with us. But essentially, they didn't need our services anymore. And that's okay. We understood. But luckily, we weren't, you know, on our last dollar and relying on this place to stay because we had to find alternative accommodation. But you know, that's okay. You've got to be open to that. And that's why we've seen a lot of people get really stressed about the the space in between, you know, in between house sets. But you have to sort of be flexible and go with the flow. Sometimes you will need to pay for accommodation. Uh, So, you know, I think it's important to remember that and just remember that this is still a mode of travel and it's a part of travel life and things can 
things can change. So you need to have, you need to have some backups and not get too stressed if things do change. Yeah. And also it's nice in between too, to just have your time and space yes. for yourself and not yes, have responsibilities. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I think, especially when you're going into it and look, you know, it's a good problem to have having, um, you know, beautiful pets to look after, but it still is, it still is a responsibility. Um, and if you're, if you're taking it seriously and I haven't seen um, you know, most people do take it seriously. Mm. So you're absolutely right. It's always been nice. And, and Cooper and I realized this too, after a while, it's just you take a few days out because <laughs> you're in a constant routine with new, new pets and things. And you're trying to balance that with your own routine. And especially if you're someone like me and I'm, I'm working for a company in Australia, so they're 10 time zones ahead. So my day itself sometimes starts with meetings from 5 or 6 a.m. for a few hours. So, yeah, you've got to take time out and put, put your own well-being first as well. Yeah, I love that. And it's, it's part of the travel and it's definitely a great way to save on accommodations and it'll probably allow you to travel longer and exactly. um, much more efficiently. But like you said, Sarah, there's definite, definitely different things that you have to learn about it too. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Sarah, for giving us all of these tips and tricks. If our listeners want to learn more about you, maybe ask you questions about how sitting work and they find you. Yes, so we are at travellivelearn.com and on YouTube at Travel Live Learn. And we do have a free four-part house sitting 101 guide that's linked at the top of travellivelearn.com too if you want to grab that and have a little look and, and dip your toes in. And I think I guess one last tip I'd leave people with is, you know, strive to leave the homeowners that you're looking after, strive to leave them with no worries. If you stay in communication with them, send photos and updates and and just be your open, lovely self, you will start to get lots of sits and lots of great reviews and testimonials. And then you can take this lovely house sitting gig as far as you like. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We really appreciate you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this extended interview with Sarah. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the full interview where she shares how she's been able to work remotely as a content manager. Hey friend, have you been wanting to start a podcast? I know it can be overwhelming in the beginning. Believe me, I have been there. Lucky for you, we have created a new site called howtocreatepodcast.com that shares a ton of freebies that can help you get started. From launching, growing to monetizing, we share it all in one place. Visit howtocreatepodcast.com for more information. Thanks for joining me on this extended interview. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. We can also chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life. I'll talk to you soon.